0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always is jolly old Saint Greg. Greg, are you a saint?
1: Oh, wow, dude. I guess in the most technical biblical sense, (laughs) yes. In the colloquial sense, I'm sure people would say, Are you kidding me? (laughs) But I am feeling very uh, Christmassy, dude. That's right. Because we are entering December. Or or in December. We're
0: in December, baby. Yes, sir. First uh, first uh, Tuesday, technically, because this release is midnight. Yeah. Um, so first Tuesday in December, and we are very excited to be talking about... Uh, it, we're doing something a little different this year.
1: Mixing it up a little bit, dude. That's
0: right. Now, we will still do our traditional Christmas Carol one. Yes. Because we always do that one. We love doing that one. Can't help but do that one. Always do. Um, but but usually December uh, is, is kind of a mix of some different things. And so this year, Greg, we we were talking and we decided um, you're not doing uh, a series of devotionals like you've done in the past.
1: No, too good. Uh, shout out to my friend Tom. He asked me in church a few weeks ago, Greg, are you going to do the Christmas devotion?" I thought, man, that felt good. Somebody noticed I did those things. Um, you always wonder. You know, you record sure. them. Uh, I normally try to do them a day or two ahead of time to have them set. And I don't say that with any disparaging tone because people are busy, especially in December. But you always hope it reaches enough people that, uh, you know, there, there's some encouragement. Yeah. It helps prepare their hearts. Um, it's always depressing. Am I doing this? And there's literally not one person that's going to watch it. That's where you feel like, well, Lord, I trust there's some value in doing right. it for myself. But this year, no, that's typically going to go alternating. So I think, Nathan, in our recent planning conversation, you it was you, I think, had the idea. Why don't we make December, our December podcast, a little more, boy, this sounds so spiritual, scripturally based. Right. Because <laughs> um, we normally talk about some fun traditions, yeah. movies songs, yeah. holiday preferences, traditions. More,
0: more nostalgia-type yeah. type stuff. Because you
1: know, dude, I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. I know you do, too. That's right. And uh, we're going to get some of that in there. Yeah. But I almost thought, wouldn't it be good, this is you know coming out December the 5th, mm-hmm. and then the 12th, the 19th, yeah. that we could prep yeah. a little bit here and maybe look at some verses, maybe not even always the most well-known... Yes. famously associated Christmas verses to just get our minds thinking. Yeah. and engaged for what we are going to celebrate collectively and individually in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, and I think I think what we're going to find with this is we're going to take a little journey through scripture. Yeah. That I mean we're we're, we're going to be starting right at the beginning today. Yeah. Um, where where it all just kind of went to pot. We're going to yeah. start right there, yep. Um, and and we're going to walk through uh, scripture, and we're going to see uh, because Christ is in the Old Testament, and and we cannot get away from that. That that God is showing His people, and and He's giving them these the, this foresight into this is my Son, this yes. is the one who I'm holding everything up against. And I want you to be ready for him when he comes. And this is part of why when Christ ultimately does come, he's so hard on the Pharisees and the scribes because they're the ones who should have recognized him right away.
1: Absolutely. I'm always uh, struck, Nathan. I think I point that out. Usually whenever I go through Matthew's Christmas uh, story. You know, it's interesting because Matthew gives us uh, the Magi. Yep. Luke gives us the Shepherds. Yes. You know, and every kid's Christmas pageant gives us both. Yes. Right, as the joke goes. But it is interesting. You get, you know, Mark has no Christmas story. Yep. Uh, John has kind of a Christmas story. Yeah. It's a theological prologue. Yep. Um With powerful Christmas truth, yes, you know, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and and was God. Verse fourteen: The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yes, boom, you know, that is a mic drop verse. (laughs) Jesus comes here, fully God, fully man, lives among us. I mean, that's the heart of what we celebrate. Yep. Um, But it is interesting in Matthew, um, the Magi come. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole subject itself. We've talked about that long time ago. I've done it in some sermons too. Best guess, and I think it's a. I'm pretty confident this is the case. Is that Daniel? Uh, you know, centuries before Jesus came, his time spent in Babylon, mm-hmm. what we would think of as a generally Persian region, uh, which is where the Magi uh, from from where they uh, hail. Yep. Um, why were they looking for this celestial event in yeah. the sky? What was it? Best guess is probably Daniel's influence. Yeah. Um, as he worked with the advisors, some of whom would have put a lot of hopes in astrology, astronomy, etc. that the Lord is revealing things to Daniel. So the Magi come, non-Jewish people. Right. And they want to know where's the one who's been born king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Well, they're asking Herod. And his people, uh, Herod's not a big fan of that because right. he, what are you talking about? I'm the king of the Jews. Right. So we're already set up to the contrast. The most fascinating detail that's often overlooked is Herod gathers his religious advisors. Yeah. Hey, where's where's the Messiah supposed to be born? Herod doesn't know. And they, blur- oh, Bethlehem, Micah 5 right. 2. <laughs> but not a one of them is there. Right. Not a one of us. Look, we got these dudes that came from the East. Right. The three, which, you know, we are probably right. not three, the plural magi have two right. or 20, however many there were. And they're looking for the Messiah. They they have put themselves at great risk. They've come here. It's created quite a buzz in Herod's court. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, Bethlehem. It, dude, it's staggering to me. Yeah. But nobody thinks to go. Check it out. Did the savior of the world just slip in through the back door in a right. little Bevelin? Well, and,
0: and apparently, right? Because by the time the, the the Magi get there, I mean, it's it's several months, maybe oh, yeah. even a couple years later. Exactly. I mean, the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, but the term used here for for Christ, the child, is yeah. is Pideon, correct? That, that's which correct. is which is basically which, toddler. Toddler.
1: It's not baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. By the it says when they came to the place where the child yeah. was, and it is that term, on It is not baby or infant. So I know that ruins everybody's beautiful nostalgia right. of a nice children's <laughs> bed, which, by the way, dude, I never criticize because you're teaching children these are some of the attendant features of the Christmas right. story. Now, they are over two different Gospels, two different right. purposes for telling them, You've got the shepherds. Now, the shepherds would have been there that night. The text mm-hmm. is very clear about that. Yep. They're right on that hillside. Angels were there. Angels and, show. Yeah. You know, they 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 beckon the shepherds to come. Uh, and then in all the nice pageants and the pictures, then the magi come. They present their gifts. Oh, it's great for a play. It's not what happened. Right. They came later. But the fact that they come... And his, his advisors know exactly where the Messiah should be, right. which becomes important for Herod. Think about Herod's evil. Yeah. Okay, now that I know where the Messiah is supposed to be born, I can carry out my campaign of right. e- extermination. Yeah, Children two years old and younger, which tells us it may have been a year. So yeah. he you know Herod you can almost picture him doubling it. Yeah. Hey let's let's double this. Just in uh, case. Just yeah, two and under right. we'll give the order they'll slaughter it's a horrible story.
0: Which is which again we we always talk about you know the parallels that we see in scripture. Yeah. It, in the strong parallel that we see to Moses and his birth yes. and and the decree that Pharaoh has.
1: Yep. There as well. Very similar and uh you know uh Moses is miraculously rescued. Yep. Uh, from that you know baby termination campaign it's Mm -hmm. it's a great evil um so yeah you're just pointing that out nathan is a good reminder like the script i mean the scriptures are replete with the promise of the messiah this is what they were all of history was was stretching out on their tippy toes to point to he's coming he's coming he's coming by the time you get to micah he's gonna be born here 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 Eh, yeah just becomes a piece of military intel for for Herod. Right. That's all, all it is for him just get a little intel, yeah, take care of a little threat to my it's really the fact that the the story of Christmas is told against that backdrop yeah. reinforces why he came.
0: Right. And we
1: are messed up.
0: Yeah. Just I mean how miraculous it is, which again, it shows God's consistency all throughout history. He's always going oh. to He's always going to watch over his people, you yes. know. And this, his his one and only son. Of course, he's going to protect him.
1: Always, um,
0: always. But I, I, I'd actually, I'd like to start today, not in the in the passage we're going to lean sure. into. I want to start earlier than that. I want to start in Genesis chapter one, yep, <clears throat> in verse one, because this, to me, when I read this, taken in conjunction with John, is the first place where we see Jesus. Yes. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Mm. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Yep. And right from there, when you when you take into account uh, what John said, Tells us in the beginning was the Word, right? And we have yep. God speaking out, "Let there be light." Yeah. Um, and this is how Christ is described in there. He is the light of the world. Yep. And then we we see later in Colossians that all things were created by Him and yep. for Him. For Him, yeah. Um, and this is this is where we see the Trinity, all in perfect unity, creating yep. together um, in wonderful majesty and wonderful mm-hmm. harmony. Um. I think it's Keller who talks about the great dance, the
1: dance, yeah, um,
0: and and it's just such a wonderful picture where we see the darling of heaven uh, put out for us on display, yeah, and that fully revealed. It's not there yet. We don't get that full revelation until until Matthew and yep. and Luke and John, but but there he is on display, yep. creating all things, um, and creating all things perfectly. It's all very good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, He creates Adam, and it's only good. Mm -hmm. It's not very good because it's not good that man should be alone. And then he creates Eve, and then we come to chapter three. Yep. And it just all uh, goes to pot. It goes to pot,
1: like you said, dude. It's it's the way to put it. It is the crash and burn. Yep. And it's uh, in the the narrative space. It's very short lived. We don't know how long our first parents. Lived in paradise. Uh, Right. You know, sometimes if you take it in the most kind of truncated, literal way, it seems like it's just a matter of minutes. Right. Um, But it may have been months, years. We don't know. Right.
0: Well, without death, right? I mean, this could be hundreds of years. Of course. I mean, without death entering and, and Adam's lifespan starting to be depleted. Yep. Um, Yeah, they
1: were not intended to die. It it should be what one English scholar called the everlasting now. Yeah, you're always living in the everlasting now, the the moment. That was what they were to experience. So who knows? Right. Maybe we'll find out one day. Yes. Lord, how long from our standpoint did that paradisical thing go on? Yeah. Because that's pretty cool. Yeah. Until it wasn't.
0: Until it wasn't, and and this is where it now isn't uh genesis chapter three we we see now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the lord had made um which which is interesting because we know that ultimately the serpent is referring to the devil yep but we actually have a physical serpent here yeah oh yeah um and and so we get this um
1: quick word on that dude yeah i know that trips up a lot of people today to think well come on man um I don't know if we can imagine a world that Adam lived in that wasn't tainted by sin, and what we would call the normal order. Right, animals that could talk. Yeah, yeah. To us, it's okay. It's silly. What right. is this? One of you know, Aesop's fables. Is this some tortoise? Well, in the this is C.S. Story?
0: Lewis, isn't it? I mean, yeah. This is Narnia. It is. is.
1: It is. It really is. So um, I'd say don't put an unfair standard on a pre-fall world. Yeah. Uh so anyway, just just quick thought there. Yeah,
0: no, I think I mean I think that's important. I think, you know, Lewis, I think, writes from a position where the supposal, the what if. Yes. Um and he often speaks of that. I, I know a lot of people get on him about the, the great divorce, but right, right from the beginning of that book, he says, let's suppose this could happen. Yes. And I think I think that's something that we need to see here. Like let's Let's think about this for a minute. Yeah. What happens in an uncorrupted world? Yeah. When Adam falls, the whole world falls, and we're going to see that yep. uh, in this text. Yep. Um, and so you know the temptation starts, he said to the woman, "'Did God actually say to you, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden?' And the woman said to the serpent, "'We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden.'" But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Which is so interesting, right? Because we have this paradox story going on with Christ mm-hmm. and Satan comes and tries to twist up God's words and we see that that Christ responds, no, yes. this is what God says. And Eve is doing the same thing right here. Yeah, No, that's not what God says, but two very different outcomes from that. and I think sometimes that gets overlooked too, right? Like yep, yep. Adam's in some far off distant land. Nope, nope. he's right there. He's
1: there, yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, a book Larry Crabb wrote, The Silence of Adam, where he actually makes and he consulted Old Testament scholars. I, I'm not maybe uh, as 100% convinced but I'm more convinced than I'm not that mm-hmm. Adam may have been literally right there, yeah, the entire time. I, it, it's a very natural as reason. it's going on, yeah, yeah. Where the implication is, oh, he's off, you know, being big and strong somewhere, and then he comes in. What? And, right. And it, the, the silence of Adam is this concept of just—it's a strong picture of just the abnegation of of leadership and right. support and influence. He should have been there helping to strengthen his wife, and she, him, and it, it's. It's a very different picture.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to remember who his name was, but the, he wrote the gentleman who wrote the book uh, Fractal that yeah. you and I had on years ago yes. and interviewed, and he, he paints this picture of you know Satan essentially being bound up in the tree, yeah. and um, you know the God character in his book because it's, you know it's it's a true myth. That's, yes. that's the whole tagline is you know go and kill the serpent. Like that's kind of the thing is is this is yours, go and kill it. And instead of killing it, he frees it.
1: Dude, I'm just kinda of blown away because I have not thought about that dude until you said that. Yeah. And that was a really intriguing Yeah. Fractal. Dude, we gotta go back and anyway. And
0: reread that, yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, we're taking taking a lot of uh nostalgic no, that's journeys okay. here. That's okay. See, we, we knew we were gonna get nostalgia uh, in here. Of course. Um So uh, desired one wise, she took an eight and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God, the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Mm -hmm. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? Rhetorical question. Mm -hmm. The man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Mm -hmm. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock yeah. and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and there between your offspring and her offspring. Yep. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is where Genesis 3.15, this is where we find... The Proto-Evangelion.
1: Yes. Greg, translation? Uh, first gospel. It is the first announcement of the good news. And I love it, Nathan. Genesis 3.15. And it was so glad you walked us through it because it really does help you appreciate the promise. I mean, really, dude, the first thing that stands out to me, No, the, the ink of the record of their sin mm hadn't even dried on the paper yet. Yeah. And God is there announcing that good yeah. news.
0: What's so interesting too is that the curse that's pronounced upon Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and the world essentially isn't even out there. Yeah. The the promise that yeah, you've you've destroyed all of this, but guess what? Salvation's coming. Yes. And that to me that is Uh, so, so great. I mean, just that announcement that, yep, you've wrecked it and I'm going to fix it.
1: Well said, dude. Well said. It's, it, you know, that pattern, dude, we see it, um, you know, law and accountability. Grace always proceeds in, in Exodus 20, Mm -hmm. um, before the commandments are given. I am the Lord, your God who brought you out of Egypt. Yeah. Which is a reference to his saving grace. Yeah. They did not earn that. They didn't co labor with God and cooperate. God wasn't their co pilot. Yeah. He rescued them entirely of his own sovereign will and goodness. Yeah. And it's that that always comes first. Yeah. And then we we, we deal with matters of law or accountability or Mm -hmm. curse or the. The consequences of yeah. our sin and and how we mitigate those consequences or live within them—it's fascinating to me. I, I think the speed in the yes. narrative at which God is there, promising Eve. Yes, there's pain. It will not always be like this, right? I'm. He's telling them. Okay, I'm not going to plan B. You remember a month ago, dude, we were talking about the Nephilim. Yeah. And I believe in that podcast we said, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. here we are. Here we are in December. And um, I I remember talking about that podcast in particular and how uh, we said my take there of of those Nephilim, not that anybody remembers a month ago, (laughs) is that there were two lines in Scripture. A godly line... And an ungodly line, I think the promise is found right here. Yes. There's the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Yes. And the seed of the serpent, I think, is the representation of that portion of humanity that will not turn to the Lord. Yep. That rejects the Lord. Um and then you've got the seed of the woman, which by the way is a very strange term. Yeah. We never find seed is associated with males for obvious reason and it is biologically linked to men that seed of the woman very intriguing yeah uh this promise to her and it may be that we've got even all the way in this early ancient moment this hint of the coming hero yeah is not through the agency of a man right uh seed of the woman which is very interesting yeah to me um and it would have stood out as awkward, yeah. Then, right? Um, obviously, it wouldn't have fit most people's usage of seed. So, but again, the speed at which this promise comes—yeah,
0: it it is. It's it's almost like God was prepared.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> well, and that's why, dude. And I love when you said rhetorical question. Um, for people that are tripped up here, and I understand it, but is God's at? Does he not know? Does, does right. he not know? Well, of course he does. Yeah. This is solely for Adam and Eve's reflection. Yeah. He's not unaware. Oh, my right. goodness. When my back was turned, they did what? Right. I mean, it's this is the God who, as Isaiah says, declares the end from the beginning. Right. The bird in flight does not go without his. Perfect, meticulous providence, yeah. knowing and dictating all these things. So uh, the 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 notion that God is somehow not again. I think in that last podcast last month we talked about anthropomorphic language. Yes, this is classic. Why would it be told like this? Well, we teach these stories to children. Right, children can picture. Oh, the parent that walks in. What happened here? Right. Dude, I've walked in and uh, I remember Isaac, I'm going to pick on my cute little Isaac when he was like three, made a mess of things. He went and got in all the flour and the sugar. He was the only one in the kitchen and decided to turn that into a little kind of plaything. I knew it wasn't Ben. I knew it wasn't Ella. She was just a baby. I walk in and you see kind of Isaac standing there with his wide eyes looking down. Isaac, what happened? I know what happened. Right. Isaac, didn't we tell you not to do that? I'm not doing that for my benefit. Right. Or should I say detriment in (laughs) this case, right? Obviously, it was so cute, though, standing in those piles of sugar and flour. It's hard to not laugh, you know? You just think, my goodness, this kid just turned it into his little science project. And so that story has power. It's universal. Yes. You can tell it to anybody. Oh, I get what's going on here. Yeah. You know, so it's classic. And we do it all the anthropomorphic. Yep human like language. Yeah. Um, but the fact, like you said, that God God created Adam and Eve, yeah, knowing what they were going to do. Yes. I mean, he knew exactly what they were going to do. Yes. And they do it. And he's right there right. still holding out this promise.
0: Well and important too, right? we we've talked about this before. Jesus doesn't come as one who's been wrestled into this position. Yes. Right. This is this is Jesus God's son saying, "Father, look at look at what they've done to our creation. Let me fix it." Yes. Exactly. Let me fix it. He willingly comes to fix our mess. These are my brothers and sisters. Let me fix it.
1: Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I I wrote down um Nathan, a couple of thoughts and you just captured basically uh let me see. I wrote down when I was looking at this this morning. Um spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh we've talked about um humanity's need for a savior mm-hmm. fits what you, that you've done that you know the verse clearly shows that we need somebody to fix that's what, what we cannot fix. Yeah. Um it is fascinating yes um that you know you've got this sense that hey yep you've made a mess yeah this is catastrophic this is going to plunge the human race into a very different position than they would have otherwise been in yeah but i got it yeah i got it i mean and you know this this and the realism too of the promise, just looking at the text. Every time I see it, I'm always amazed by it. Um that it anticipates this ultimate final conflict. Yeah. In which the coming hero will be harmed. Yeah. That's 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 an yeah. important detail. God says, Yeah, and uh you know, the serpent, you'll you'll bruise you'll yeah. bruise uh his heel. Yeah. Uh he's gonna crush your head. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think and I think that's important to understand because in the translation um that we just read from ESV, both terms are are bruise. Yeah. You will bruise his hero, he will bruise your yeah, head. But really are, yeah. it's it's not. It's yeah you're you're going to leave a mortal wound on him, but yeah. he is going to destroy
1: He's you. He's going to crush you. And that is one of the beautiful interpretive Choices made, if you remember, at the beginning of the Passion. Yes, uh, yes. Gibson's uh, movie in 2004. You know, which I know is that was not a, that opening scene. Right. Yes, you don't find exactly that in Scripture. Right. But I thought it was a brilliantly interpretive scene. Yeah. Because as we pointed out about that movie, if you don't have Satan's character highlighted you don't have an interpretive framework. Right. You're watching what happened, Right. not necessarily knowing what it means right. or why it's happening. Yes. So that I thought that was a brilliant choice oh, yeah. to have Satan in there basically with you know, defining the terms, yep. you can't do this. Yep. This is too much. One man can't save all their souls. This is too costly. Yes. All that is the setup of why Jesus is going to endure what he's going to endure, yes. and he's going to suffer greatly. Yep. But the 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 crushing of Satan's yes. head is the the final uh, moment yes. of really that's the, the full redemptive picture. And I think what I loved about that is if you remember. Um, Satan is whispering this to Jesus and he's praying in Gethsemane yeah. and then you see him transform into the snake. Right. And you just see Jesus look down on it and, and stomps it. it. Yep. You know, very clearly harkening back to Genesis 3. Yes. 13. And clearly. it's
0: and it's yes, it's poetic license but there's so much truth that's in that, right? Yes. And and I think that that's what made that scene so powerful. He's he's resolved himself, I am doing this right he's he's made his plea to his father yes heaven is silent yeah which means this is it this is the path that's before you and then yes in scripture we know that he's so depleted that angels actually have to come and yeah. take care of him because he's go. been so depleted of everything we we see that back when he comes out of the wilderness, that he's so depleted of everything that yes. angels have to come and minister to him. Oh, but this is this is just a, a beautiful poetic picture that we see of, like you said, that that promise that was made back in Genesis three fifteen, oh, yeah. where you will crush his head. Um, and so so to to see that put on screen, I think just works real well with with what a movie is supposed to do.
1: I agree. Um, I agree. You, you get the symbolism yeah. early and then it becomes framework. Yes. to understand what's happening. Yes. Um yeah.
0: And the genesis account of creation and then even the account of what's going on, right? This this just marries so well into uh John chapter 1, yeah. right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god i mean this is this is creation yeah right here he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and again this is where we have the beginning right that adam and eve you will live forever unless you do this yes in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And this is where we see the fall, Yeah, that darkness has entered the world and Christ is the light that's going to shine through it. He's the one that's going to bring peace between yes. God, his father and, and man, his, his adoptive siblings. Yeah. Uh, there was a man sent from God. And this is where we get into John and John's proclamation of who Christ is. But, you know that that picture where where God's coming in, and and like you said, just the timing of it, right from the beginning, before all of the rest of the curses go out. Right, it's it's so interesting because you have all the way filtering down. You know, God comes to Adam. Oh no, it's Eve's fault. She yeah. she did it. And then oh, the devil made me know yeah. it. Literally, the one time
1: yep. in history. The one time you could say, well, factually speaking. He was the person that I was speaking with, who did want me to do this thing. Yeah, how often can you say that, right. Mom? The devil made me. Oh, well, I guess in this case, yeah. Um, uh,
0: but but then, so God starts and deals with the devil in his place and what he's done, and
1: it's it's amazing, dude. And I don't think we've said this yet. We've implied it. But I'm going to bring this back up to make sure that I don't do it. And again, last time we recorded, we had an event here and there was background noise. Yeah, and I'm realizing as we were put these mics it's, pick it up. Right. Yeah, dude. When it's we that were
0: first Monday of every month.
1: You're right. And when I was eating dinner uh, with you just a little while ago, and we were closer to the action, and I didn't notice it. Yeah, you get here back in my office. Yeah, and these mics.
0: It just they pulls pick it that all up in. like
1: it's something. So everybody, you, people are just having a party with us here. That's right. They just don't know that they are. Um, <clears throat> but I'm looking here at three fourteen is really interesting because it tells you who's the recipient of the promise. Yeah, it's the serpent. Yeah, the Lord God said to the serpent. Yeah, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Mm -hmm. So the promise is really for the woman, but it's announced to her enemy. Yeah, And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Just fascinating that the first time the gospel is ever proclaimed, Mm -hmm. it's proclaimed to him. Yeah. And it really speaks of an announcement. Yes. It is, uh, it's every great epic movie Where the good guy says to the bad guy, I am going to defeat you. Yes. Right? And then the movie, you hope, shows, oh, I sure hope they can. Right. When the God of the universe says it, we know (laughs) how it's going to end. Right. So the fact that he directs it to him, the timing at which it takes place, the anticipation of uh, the realism of the conflict. Yes. And it always makes me think, Nathan, Christmas, you know, what do I say, dude? I say it every year. I'm a sucker. Yeah, for the nostalgia for yeah. the decorations, the the cookies, baking, yeah. the smells, the sounds. I want to hear um, all of my favorites. I want to hear Bing Crosby. That's right. I want to hear <clears throat> Burl Ives. Yes, I even want to hear Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. You make it feel like Christmas. <laughs> Even when things go wrong. Anyway, uh, sorry, I had to get that out, Nathan. Thank you for indulging me. My pleasure. I can't do it at home anymore. I've been told that's no longer uh, allowed. Um, I love all the trappings. Love all the fun stuff. But, dude, Christmas, (laughs) it is a declaration of God coming to do battle. Yes. And it's just, fat, and you see it. In the Christmas story, think of what first happens when the announcement is made, he's here. Herod organizes an infanticide campaign. Yes. It's it's just reminding us Christmas is serious business, and it's set against the backdrop of bloodshed and violence yes. and sin. And we see it all the way back in the beginning. Yeah. You know, this... this Christmas is serious business. Yep. God himself in the person of his son is going to have to come here. Yes. Or there is no hope. Yep. Prophet can't do it, angel can't do it, priest can't do it, a king yep. can't do it, an army can't do it, a well-organized rich nation like it was under Solomon with the biggest borders and the greatest wealth. Right. Can't do it. Yeah. it's going to have to be God himself in in Jesus.
0: Yeah. And it's just it's you know we we look at and and really you know the sentiment of of baby Jesus being born, you know, yeah. and and all of that like again just looking back at the beginning and you just see that all throughout, right? That every every time between uh Genesis chapter 4 and Genesis chapter 6 where we read about yeah. <clears throat> where we read about Noah and, and God's decision to destroy the earth by a flood. All of those births that yeah. you read, that genealogy, right? You see, you see the traces wow. of it's. It's going to be the birth of a son that is bringing good news. Yes, and then you finally have the announcement coming down from heaven to a little teenage girl, Mary. You are the one that is going to finally see this promise that was made so many thousands of years ago. Yeah, back at the beginning of time, right after it all went wrong. Yeah, it's coming through you,
1: dude. And think about it you You've just bookended it for us. The announcement, Mm -hmm. um, which benefits the woman. Yep. Yeah. Right. Because it it benefits all of us. But it's interesting the scene of the woman Eve, and that announcement is reiterated to Mary. Yes. A lot of interesting connections between Mary and Eve, I've thought of before, and in pivotal roles in human history for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, And then when you see, I think it's why you see Eve rejoicing. I remember Dave Shives said this years ago, he goes, we, we have all the benefit of the thousands of years of history. Right. Seeing what Jesus... From Eve's perspective, what does she... I want to go ahead and start having babies. Right. Because there's a promise coming. Right. Right. Now it's a long time right. coming. <laughs> right. But she will see it, yeah. benefit from it. The whole human race will. Um I remember when Dave said that, I never thought about that. Yeah. The immediacy of her application. Yes. Well, boy, I want to have these babies because this is where the promise is going to go. And it does. Yeah. And you see the echoes of it in that, You know, again, at that time, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And you see this godly line that'll take us all the way down to Jesus. This is a good way to start the month.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's not not what you typically hear during Christmas, but it is so... It's so pivotal and so important. And yeah. again, I, I love how at the beginning of November we started by clarifying the the nephilim and what what the thought process is with that. Yeah. Right? Because this is this is the theme throughout Scripture: is that God is going to continuously pursue the human race on His terms. Yes. He's going to make it happen. Right and. I mean we didn't even get to talking about Abraham because to me that has just become one of my one of my favorite stories in scripture of God's promise, right? Oh. This this covenant that he makes with Abraham and and the way that the covenant is supposed to happen, right? You yeah. do your half, I do my half. Yeah. You violate your half, you're going to die. Right. And God says, "Abraham, you go sit over here and I'm going to do both halves." Yep. I'm going to make sure that that Literally come hell or high water, yeah. Satan literally will come to earth. I will still ensure yeah. that this is going to stand and yeah. that down the line through you, all nations of the world will be blessed.
1: Yes. And he does it. He that's the key. It's so it's what I heard somebody say years ago, it's one way love. Yeah. Right? It's not cooperative, it's not a partnership. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Because at the moment it's a partnership. I despair. Oh, yeah. I'm not, not going to keep my end. Dude, so I'm going to find myself uh, driving a Dairy Queen on January 5th instead of driving to Planet Fitness. That's where right? I'm going to find myself. <laughs> right. All my promises, all my resolutions, all my all my newfound uh, commitment to a new and better habit. And we see this. And then it's like that's why the gospel is so good. The The announcement of Genesis 3.15 is... This this is going to benefit you, yeah, and it will not be because of you, yeah, but because of him.
0: And it makes it makes the angels' words to the shepherds so powerful: peace on earth, yeah, goodwill toward men, yep. right? The emissaries from the king, whom we are afraid is going to crush us, and yes. the emissaries come in and say, no, 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 we're here to bring peace, peace yeah. not judgment, not death
1: even though he has the right to yes, process, which is, makes it even more astounding. Yes. But uh, yeah, to bring peace. Good way, dude.
0: This is, oh, like Good you start. said, man, this was such a great way to start yeah. the season. I'm and pumped. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to what the weeks have to come and, and how we're going to be walking through Scripture and seeing, uh, seeing Christ in that and culminating with, we'll, we'll culminate with you know the traditional.
1: Yes, of course. And for my buddy Tom, who was asking me a few weeks ago, no Christmas devotionals. It's dumb. We, You just had 45 minutes or so. How long have we gone, dude?
0: Uh, 42.
1: 42 minutes. Almost almost 45 minutes. That's right. That's like a full week of devotionals. That's right. On Genesis 3.15.
0: And that was only one week.
1: That was one week, and we'll yep. do it again next week. Do it again next so, week. So, yeah, I, I, I need to tell him. Uh, it made me feel really good. He said, oh, I just like taking that journey. I said, we'll take a journey. That's right. We'll just do it a little differently this year.
0: Awesome. Well, until the next time, Greg... We just rocked the Casbah.
1: Tide style. Thank you
0: again for listening to these Go to 11, on unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org.
1: These go to eleven.